In a picture-perfect neighborhood, Brian and Yesenia Sidwell had recently purchased the largest house at the end of a cul-de-sac. It was their dream home. One night, over dinner, the family of four wondered what they would do with all of the spare bedrooms, now that the eldest child, Tori, was about to go off to college. And we were just talking about, what are we going to do with these rooms? And then they kind of came in, they're like, let's have a, you know, a gift wrapping room or just something. We're just throwing out silly ideas. And I remember Tori said, you guys need more kids. And of course, because of my fertility issues, I couldn't. But Tori quickly said, well, you should adopt. And it ran across our minds at some point in time, I'm sure. But then it kind of didn't. So after that dinner, I went online and Googled things about adoption. In her research of adoption agencies, one stood out, ACH Child and Family Services. After months of discussion, Yesenia and Brian filled out an application, but they were too hesitant to send it in. I think it was a little bit of anxiety, a little of the unknown. And of course, every question comes to mind. Can you love another child like you do yours? Can you open your home to children? Then there's foster or adoption and or both. And so we were learning about this journey. Everything remained up in the air until Mother's Day when the Sidwells attended church and listened to their pastor give a sermon. And he went into a whole hour session about fostering and adoption. And needless to say, I could not look at Brian the whole time because I'm crying at this point. At the very end, he came out and said, if you want any information about fostering adoption, if this is pulling at your heartstrings, we have a company here today in the lobby that you could talk to. They will give you all the information you need. And he said, that company is ACH. And I thought, oh man, if this isn't a sign, I don't know what is. So needless to say, the very next Monday is when we turned in our application. Welcome to Counting on Us, a podcast presented by ACH Child and Family Services, the show where we share the stories of people navigating life's challenges with ACH alongside them every step of the way. I'm Daniel Trevino. Once the Sidwell's application was processed, they were enrolled in pre-service training, which is a series of classes taught on the ACH campus that educates families on what their forthcoming child has been through and how to best integrate them into the family. For Yesenia and Brian, taking the classes was an eye-opener to the realities of fostering and adoption. My first impression was there was no holding back. It was raw, it was honest, it was tra- transparent, uh, which is exactly what we needed to hear. And, and I, would, I would agree, the, the content was really strong. Wasn't all worst case, but they didn't leave worst case out. Uh, what you come to find out is you, you need all of it because you may see none of it, you may see a little bit, you may see a lot, and you gotta be prepared. Well, in training, we give all kinds of examples of things that may arise um, from simple situations to worst case scenarios. And the reason that we do that is we like to uh, we like to set realistic expectations. We want our families to thrive and we want our, we don't want to set anyone up for failure. That's Lisbeth Bryant, the adoption supervisor for ACH Child and Family Services. Every day, 
Lizbeth and her team work to match licensed families with children available for adoption. We really want them to know that um, these children that have been through trauma, a lot of their behavior is survival. It's not malicious. It's not them manipulating. So we really do do a lot of training on that. And so that's a big difference with our children. Um, they just need to be treated in a different way sometimes, and their behaviors have to be addressed differently. After the adoption of their son, Eli, the Sidwells would soon become familiar with how the pain of past trauma would resurface in Eli's behaviors. Soon after he moved in, a few weeks after our honeymoon phase, he had his first meltdown, his first tantrum with me. I was home with him alone, and I, w- I tried all my techniques that we learned, and nothing was seemed to be working. And at this point, I caught myself. I was getting frustrated. So I said, we both need just some time to cool off. Went and put him in his room. I said, we're going to sit here. I'm going to leave you alone. And as I walk out of the room, I closed the door behind me. And that's when it started. Holy moly, he had a meltdown that I've never heard before. It was beyond the tantrum he was already having. And it was this cry, scream, slash curdling sound. I I, I can't even describe it. It just went to a different level. So the second I opened the door back, he was fine. And I was there. And I remember his eyes, I mean, he just even had this glazed look on his eyes. How did what you learned at ACH prepare you for that moment? So one of the skills that they did a really good job in, in training us was finding triggers. And I thought to myself, holy cow, this is one of those triggers. And it actually was in our training about some kids do not like the door being closed. And lo and behold, that was his. So I learned that he still needed that time by himself but he still needed to know I was close. So therefore, I stood in the doorway with the door open. And I think that made him feel a little better that one, I wasn't gone and or shutting him away. Again, had I not had that training, honestly, I probably would have gone back and closed the door again. Yesenia, what other behavioral challenges did you and Brian experience with Eli? Uh, when we dropped him off at daycare, we realized he had never been in a daycare setting. So for me, dropping him off, it was leaving him with somebody he didn't know. Trying to hurry him, getting him, getting him familiar with that person wasn't as easy as we, we thought. Every morning was a battle. She'd tell me, it's a physical, I, I physically have to, you know, carry him in. And it's this physical between the teacher and her. And, it's, um, and, it, and you can see the pain. Um, and anguish, and it was it was difficult. But there were several times that I would get in the car, I would either call Brian first and just be like, oh man, this is what happened today, I'm so tired. Or I would actually call my ACH worker and say, I don't, like, talk me off the ledge. This just happened, did I do right? Or what could I have done um, just to get some guidance? So we will support the parent through the call, say, hey, why don't you try this? Um, Because sometimes it just takes someone who's not in the moment to be able to have a cool head and help them through that. Um, And then we provide support after the situation. Once the situation is under control, um, we'll reach out the next day and be like, hey, let's talk about this. How are you feeling? Because sometimes the parents are like, that was really hard. And then we just kind of support them in that. 
being a case manager, a lot of people think it's just paperwork and, you know, meeting deadlines. But at ACH, the key for us is being a support. We are there to support you through the good times, the bad times, and at the end, the joy. So we we really do want to be there all the way. For the Sidwell family, a big part of the work was understanding why Eli behaved the way he did during daycare drop-off. Over time, they applied the tools they learned during the ACH training to begin to manage his behaviors. A lot of times our children are scared to be away from the parents. And the the big thing with that is we teach parents to just ch- prepare the children for transitions. Transitions are a huge thing with us. Um, our children have been moved from home to home or they, they were removed from their home. So they have a really big issue with going anywhere that they're not familiar with. The other thing is being consistent. If your child is scared to go to school or your child's scared to go to daycare, just saying, I'm going to pick you up. And once they see you pick them up every day, then they start to understand this is something that's okay. I know you're going to be here every day when I'm done. I think we understand how to get out in front of it and we're much more uh, attentive to that, and we share it much more. We share it with his teachers. We share it with his new uh, new teachers. And over time, it subsided. Over time, we reassured him, and he, it was really, to me, what I saw was he needed to know that we weren't leaving. How much time passed before you both decided to adopt another child? So we went from one to two really in discussion with our ACH of really how many sibling groups that needed parents that were willing to take in multiples. And so we we moved that up. And after Eli, we waited the the duration that Texas requires. And I remember Yaseni coming in and goes, okay, uh, I've got a schedule for training. And I was like, training for what? She said, well, we signed up for two. We're going to go, we're going to do two. And I said, okay, that's what we're doing. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Dr. Wayne Carson from ACH Child and Family Services. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Here at ACH, we know that the community is counting on us to get it right. So for over 100 years, ACH has remained true to our mission of protecting children and preserving families. Follow us on social media or visit our website, achservices.org, to learn more about what we do, how to get involved, or if you'd like to support us. Now, back to the show. Every adoption is unique. With the many variables involved, families learn early on how inescapable uncertainty is during the process. The Sidwell family would experience this firsthand once it came time to adopt their son, Nico. Eli's status was different than Nico. So Eli was straight adopt and Nico was uh, foster to adopt. So we actually had to change our status with Nico. And... um, you know, that's a decision, again, that we had to sit back and really uh, spend some time talking about. It was a little unsettling, just, be, just the unknown. The unknown was unsettling. And I think all the worries that we had when we first were coming to learn about foster and adoption come to play, of he will continue to have to see his biological family 
um, what happens if a judgment comes and he gets to go back home. It's all the what ifs. The unknown was tough, but trusting uh, ACH did a good job preparing us for it. They let us know this is what it's going to look like. This is what's going to happen. Just be prepared. We emphasize it a lot in training. We let them know that reunification is what we are doing. That is the plan. And that biological families, we are very positive about biological families until they're no longer an option. Um, We emphasize that at all times. Why is family reunification important? Um, Because it's the best interest of the child. I mean, children do thrive in their families, and we do want to always give a child the opportunity to be raised by their biological family or family members. Um, Children do well with their families, and that's what we want. I mean, we want to protect families. Once Nico was placed with the Sidwell family, it became apparent that his past upbringing had created some bad habits that were now up to Brian and Yesenia to correct. So Nico is much different than than any of our other kids. He he could live off of soda and you know donuts or really anything with sugar. He's a sugar kid. We we kind of nicknamed it the the gas station food is what he was raised on. So I would make him eat and or try different foods. Therefore, I'm the mean one. What helped a lot is the training at, at ACH. So let's say with food early on. Okay, tonight we're going to have this. You know, for dinner we're going to have this. So we're going to get all the angst and the, oh, man, we're going to get that out early. One thing we've done even for our biological children is, you know, if we make dinner, they now know that they might push and shove and it may take a little bit and they may sit there at the table a lot longer. But by golly, they will finally finish that last bite and then they get their reward. They get dessert or praise, of course, uh, lots of praise. But now they just know. So it's not so much of a battle because they just know that's what's expected. With both Eli and Nico now legally adopted, the Sidwell family shared their experience integrating the boys into the family. Um, the pictures on my net nightstand previously were of Noah and Tori as infants. Um, and I remember Eli coming to my nightstand going, where's my picture? And that was eye-opening for me, thinking, wow, I, I don't have that. I was not lucky enough to get infant pictures of either boy. However, I was able to get kind of toddler-ish pictures. So I then switched those pictures to more toddler age pictures for my even my biological children to kind of make it a little more equal and even. The other thing was sports. Noah was playing sports. He's playing lacrosse. And as soon as Eli became of age, uh, we put him in. We were really intentional about getting him engaged in the same things that any other kid would be doing in a home, you know? And for each other. Yeah. If, if one has a game, the other one doesn't, we still all go together. That's right. To watch each sibling. Um, and Nico being young, he's not yet old enough, and he asks every day, when is it my turn? Well, now it's his turn. Yeah. So it's really important that now we have our older two support him 
just as he sat there and supported and came, we make sure to, to have the boys acknowledge, hey, thank your brothers for coming. Mm-hmm. That was really special that they came to watch you today. Several years ago, it was over dinner when the seed of adoption was planted in the hearts of the Sidwell family. Today, I got to see that dream come to fruition when I joined them in their home for dinner and cake in celebration of Eli's gotcha day. Yes, sir. Yesenia, can you explain what Gotcha Day is? Gotcha Day is a celebration of the day the boys were adopted. Through our training, it was mentioned that it was important to celebrate the day we became that family unit with them. We incorporated them. We blended them in. So that was a really good, for me, it was really good advice that we got to really make a celebration out of it and not make it a taboo thing that you just don't talk about. Okay, Dad. Remember, we have to eat a little beans if you want dessert. I didn't give you very many. You're good. Eli, Eli thought he didn't want the beans either, and then he tasted them. What did you think of the beans, Eli? They're good. They're good. See, I think what mind. really stood out, you know, after a few years with with Eli, you know, recently I asked him. I said, "Hey, what what does Gotcha Day mean for you now?" And he looked up at me and he said, "Dad, that's the day I became a Sidwell." And it really resonated with me of this, of how maybe uncomfortable or if going into Gotcha Day, you have any apprehension about it. I mean, he just, him saying that just, okay, we're doing the right thing. It's right for him. It's got the right feel. So for dessert, we got a chocolate upon chocolate mousse cake. And so it's huge and it's thick and it's delicious. Um, so every time we have an event, I'll try to go get one because the kids devour it. We always wanted a big family and we left it in God's hands and it just didn't look like what we thought. You know, God had a plan for us and it was different. But going through the process, going through the training, I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad that we had that, that opportunity and to be able to provide a home and love and really for them to be in our lives. I mean, we really talk about what we did, but um, they don't know what they're doing, but they're really, they're really, you know, the love that we're able to give them is so good for us. No, I definitely agree. I think we're changing them, yes, but I think they're changing us as well. And I think they will learn, or I hope, you know, they grow to learn how much impact they had on our lives. But I think it's important that Brian and I share with others our story. as he mentioned, it's it's not always a pretty path, but the outcome of that path is just so great and so grand that those hurdles are just worth it. Thank you, Brian and Yesenia, for sharing your story. If you feel inspired and would like to support ACH in its mission to protect children and preserve families, then you can donate now at achservices.org or you can find the link in the show notes. Also, if you like this episode, please share it with a friend, follow us, or write a review. It makes a huge difference. Counting on Us is a podcast presented by ACH Child and Family Services, written, edited, and produced by Daniel Trevino. Special thanks 
to adoption supervisor, Lisbeth Bryant, and the entire Sidwell family. Mixing by Panoramic Sound. Thanks for listening. <laughs>